put like kind of like a bullet hole or something in the middle of these uh, <laughs> of one of these cards and be like, hey, it's still a nine, right? Like Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of the Win and In Podcast, episode twenty-two. Again, I am joined with my co-host, Mr. Gabe Hohenstein and Jonathan Wyatt. Today, we have a lot to talk about. It has been about two weeks since our last episode, and we have a lot to get into. The thing that has happened and has this morning, actually, because the event was so <laughs> long, it had to go into the next day. But this morning on Sunday, April 16th, the Battle Heart of Richmond results have finished. And we're going to jump right into that. Um, Oldham won Pat Eshley. Eshki? I don't Eshki. I don't know. Anyways. Yeah, um, last name was tricky, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's a little tricky on that one, Eshki. Uh, I want to put the L in it. I don't know why. Anyways, um, he won on Oldham. Uh, rocking the sledge in the mirror. It was an Oldham mirror in the finals. Um, the A sledge was, uh, or both sledges were swung a total of 43 times. <laughs> Um, so a pretty a pretty standard Oldham mirror matchup, and yeah, was it a fatigue Oldham per se? We haven't got the list out yet. We'll kind of see which is what, but it seems like um, one Oldham ran the Van Brace, the other one uh, ran more sets of D reacts, and but they seem pretty on par and similar. So I don't know, boys. Like, what do we think? What do we think of Oldham taking the meta? That surprise sounds anyone. like the same song, different dance. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of interesting that we had seven different heroes in the top eight, and yet Oldham still kind of took it, which is like, I don't know. I, I thought it was kind of funny hearing like people call for bands because it's like kind of just a joke at this point. Uh, it's still too early. <laughs> He's to been tell. banned enough. You can't <laughs> even ban him anymore. <laughs> you can't even. Yeah, it's it's really wild, but uh, I I thought there was a lot to like kind of go over in the battle hardened. So like, yeah, I'll I'll stick yeah, with the top eight for now. To like, yeah, like really cool that Oldham was able to take it. I heard that there were two different versions of him, like one that was uh, kind of more of like mid range is what I was told, and then the other one was like more of a heel. So of course we'll we'll see more when we get the vod. I heard there was like a lot of issues there mm-hmm. just with like. Uh, service and right. uh, you yeah. know, just getting internet. So unfortunate, but it seems like Mansant was able to, uh, you know, I think not, he did the best he could. Yeah, not take a complete loss on the day, and you know, make make with what he had. So, yeah. Also, I'm sure just a large amount of support. Um, like even like Fabry was trying to get someone to help him out and like compensate that person. So uh, this community really tried to rally together. Um, couldn't quite get it done, but we're going to get the videos. The videos were recorded, just not being live streamed. So we will still be able to see the matchups, uh, which will be huge, especially in the top eight. Maybe not the Oldham Oldham Mirror, unless you just kind of want to see that. That one kind of looks pretty standard, I'd imagine. Um, but, you know, a lot of, like you said, there was seven different heroes. Oldham was the only repeat hero in the top eight. You know, we got Alexi, who went first place into the top eight. Crazy. Um, and then we have an Azalea, who made a return to top eight, with Brody Spurlock piloting it once again. Um, and then a Dash, which kind of just seems to be on theme at this point, to have one Dash in the top eight of every event. Uh, a Dromai finally made it to <laughs> top eight. Converted. Being the most represented hero in this uh, Battle Hardened made it to top eight, and then Bravo, and once again, an Azuris. Maybe Azuris is a little bit like the Dash as well. We kind of expect to see one. Yeah, I think that's really I mean, interesting. What's your thoughts, Gabe? Oh, yeah. I, was, I was just so stoked Azuri made it again, because, you know, that means there's something viable, something could be working with that hero. And then also just Dromai was crazy to see that make top eight, you know, finally for once. They're like, yeah, yeah, a lot of Dromai stands out there have been singing her praises mm-hmm. and really believing. And you know, I'm very curious what this list looks like. I imagine we'll get the list in a yeah. couple of days. I mean, even made top four, uh, but so. it sounds like it was very like dragon heavy, dragon centric. Cool. So running the big dragons in this list, nice. Blake would be yeah. stoked. <laughs> All right, 
Yeah, yeah. What's I, that? I thought like yeah, the top eight, it. it was like really good news for Dash players, you know, Dash mains, because it seems like her being represented, like, um, you know, if you really wanted to to stay on that hero, it, you could be, you could do so and be pretty confident into any major tournament, which is a really nice feeling to have. So I think uh, the yeah. loyalists there really appreciate that, and then like Dromai as well, that kind of finally getting that conversion and then i was a little surprised to see how many dromai were uh present mm -hmm. i didn't think it would be like the number one represented hero i thought it'd be kind of up there but my goodness this is the second big tournament um the chicago 5k was also very dromai heavy in the field uh, so second big tournament where she's the most uh played hero in that tournament um so through numbers alone, she she was like pretty bound to get to a top eight. Um, but yeah, definitely interesting list. And then as you're saying with the dash, um, there's so many different dash versions. It seems like, again, we don't have the list in front of us, but it seems like this dash was a more um, like typical boost type dash. Um, a lot of talk about tree frog dash was going around. Um and or even like wombat dash could have even been a thing but it seems to be this is pretty your standard uh dash deck um something that similar to what we saw at the calling auckland mm -hmm. mm. interesting yeah um one deck i do want to talk about because most of these decks are pretty similar to kind of how you would expect them um at this point we kind of it should be known the force that azalea brings and um, how she can just present so much damage with relevant on hits. Um, Uzuri deck will be very interested to see if we're seeing a very similar Uzuri deck as Sam Dando's. Um, just because she has a lot of maneuverability as far as deck building. Mm -hmm. But one hero really stood out as a totally different deck than what we've seen back in Calling Auckland when Digital uh, Dixon was uh, running the list. This Lexi does not fuse. This Lexi is a very arrow-centric. Um, you know, she got some of the new arrows like Infecting Shot. She got Codex Frailty. She is just shooting off as many arrows as possible. Which, what you guys think on that? I was surprised. I, yeah, I'm sure it was bound to happen at some point, given like you know the Codexes kind of helping. Um, mm -hmm. you know, kind of even out those those bad arrows, and um, you know, Voltaire just does such a good job of giving you options along those Voltaire's arrows, whether it's a, whether it's a Bolton shot or something else, right? So I think there's a lot of value uh, in the deck, which makes it interesting. And like there are also, what is it like Lace with uh, Blood Rot is just yeah. a really strong on hit, and if it does hit, the value of that card skyrockets um also yeah. like there there yeah. are other really good cards that lexi has like like heck you're running three of a kind like i'm not sure she runs that card great <laughs> i get that it's like a no fuse deck and mm -hmm. uh you, you know you may not be running any uh fused arrows or anything like that but you could still run something like arctic incarceration which like is kind still of still privy to that yeah, it's a game or it's a turn ender for a lot of aggro mm -hmm. heroes so like i don't know i feel like I feel like the deck has a lot of interesting spice. Uh, I wasn't expecting it. So, like, really happy to see it. And also that someone like Matt McGinnis was playing it. So, yeah, really interesting to see. We have a video um, on our YouTube channel called, uh, like, the new Oldham deck. And, like, on the thumbnails, like, players hate this deck, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, maybe we need to do a video... Uh, about this deck because this Lexi deck destroys the fatigue Oldham decks. Players love um, this deck. <laughs> yeah, so maybe yeah, players love this deck, <laughs> or Oldham hates this deck, or something <laughs> like that. Uh, but yeah, like this deck was taking Oldham's all day. Mm -hmm. uh, Matthew McGinnis is the one that piloted it. His tweet the night before was, "Please give me Oldham's every matchup." Um, and how many people thought that he was playing Lexi tweeting that, you know? That's a it's a big shout out, but he's right. It's a it's a deck that I personally I played as Fatigue Oldham. 
uh, just kind of give it some test runs. And I ran into this deck and I was kind of stunned that this deck actually, you know, got damaged through. I think it shoots about two and a half arrows every turn. Jeez, that's Goodness. a lot of arrows. Yeah. Uh, yeah, typically Lexi, you know, she has like some off hands, right? Because mm -hmm. she's like, you know, has channel like Bridges and stuff like that. So she has a fuse every now and then. No, this, this one doesn't care. This one just goes. So. Yeah, Eric, I'm kind of curious because like, uh, you know, I wasn't kind of seeing Lexi on the radar that much. And like, I know the no fuse kind of was the, the big name of this last tournament. But mm -hmm. um, Lexi also had like a decent representation. Do you think that like there was a general audience that knew of the Snowfuse Lexi, or do you think it was more circumstantial? What, what are your thoughts? I do think that, so I was starting to see this deck make its round of Talishar, which once it get, hits Talishar, it starts, you start to understand that, okay, a lot of people know this deck, right? This deck is like, you know, at public knowledge at, at some uh, level. Um, however, I don't know if everyone was convinced on it because I, when I got beat with this deck, I was like, okay, I gotta build it. Let's, you know, <laughs> let's try it out. And what I found is that like some of the matchups where you might feel better, um, uh, into like maybe like Ice Sexy likes Katsu. Well, this, uh, Lexi might actually struggle into Katsu, um, was my personal experience with that. This deck can struggle into decks that maybe Ice Lexi has actually better matchup. Uh, kind of like Azalea. Azalea is kind of a 50-50 when you're Ice Lexi. Um, but Brody was able to beat Matthew um, in the first rounds of top eight. Mm -hmm. And it's because when when Lexi isn't presenting like Frostbites to Azalea, Azalea can just do Red and Ledger and kind of just shut it off. So I think, you know, probably... Assuming, you know, we got people play testing and whatnot, probably about half was uh, no fuse and the other half was probably more traditional. Interesting. Yeah, love that. But like as a as an aggro player, like I find it kind of interesting that there's a anti-fatigue aggro deck available now. That shoots arrows. Yeah, so I think never thought of. Yeah, the options the options are kind of opened up now, I think, as an aggro player. Did you have any thoughts towards that, Gabe? So not not towards the aggro player part of side of it. I was just more looking forward to that Lexi's finally bringing up to the ranks like Oldham and Briar have been, you know, like pushing like those tales of Arya heroes true. are crazy, and so she might be finally mm -hmm. getting her life, which is pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she she wins by collateral <laughs> um, with Azalea getting new arrows. She if Tune gets new arrows, so no, uh, and she's has so many yeah. powerful like even Voltaire like that card is broken beyond belief. So and cool. I. I want to talk about maybe one of the things that maybe really helped her out because mm -hmm. if you look at this top eight, she is the aggro deck and you know, she's not lightning Lexi, right? <laughs> so like most times you see Lexi as like a mid range deck. It's very much not an aggro meta anymore. There's no fives. There's not even a briar in the <laughs> top eight and there's not a Katsu either. Uh, she is as aggro as it gets. And I think it's because of the meta that Lexi is having a good time right now. Yeah, I one of the, like, other than, like, banning Ultim, which is, like, a terrible conversation piece, I think, right? No, it's something uh, we like, should yeah. do, but yeah. We're, we're kind of over Star that. didn't get banned, Ultim's not getting banned, <laughs> all right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, but, like, one of the things that uh, I've heard now is that, like, you know, Ranger is kind of putting down aggro. Right? Do you? It's like the gatekeeper. Yeah. Right. And like, uh, you know, while I would have loved to see Lexi like actually convert past the, the first round, but yeah. it's Azalea. You know, it was like a dog eat dog situation, right? Where Ranger kept another Ranger down. So like, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like I, I'm really curious to see how many more people will like kind of show up, mm -hmm. um, with this Lexi deck, and how many Rangers will kind of be, um fighting for power at this next pro tour or the college definitely definitely right? yeah because my original thought was when outsiders first came out and azalea testing was going underway azalea was like by far the best ranger uh just because she did so much the meta adjusted to her we're starting to see the rise of i'm sure we're gonna get these old lists and they're gonna have a little bit more earth cards in them mm-hmm um, there's been adjustments made 
And now Azalea is not by far the best ranger. Now there is an argument to be made on Lexi versus Azalea. And so, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think we're going to see two camps develop. Um, we're no longer going to have just one ranger. So pretty exciting in that. Um, all right, let's get into... So that was the top eight. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a... Dromide beat the Bravo to lose to Oldham. And then... Oh, boy, let me let me go get this tweet up here. We had a... Um, uh, Oldham beat uh, Usuri, which is a tough matchup for Usuri. So, um, and then Brody with Azalea uh, beat Matthew with Lexi, and then lost to an Oldham, which again it's a tough matchup for Azalea. Oldham is in a very good spot. Uh, that's not really new news. He's been in a good spot for <laughs> as soon as uh, things kind of slowed down with Briar. He's been in a very good spot. He, even when Briar was very fast, he could have got really slow. But anyhow, you know, as soon as was, Prism left, that's what it was. Like Prism was the that's what gate. it was. There was a piece of news that I kind of caught on to that I, I'd just like to talk about for a second here. You know, yeah. the, the battle hardened, there were there were ninety one people that showed up. So there were there were several rounds that, that took place. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, it was quite a large tournament. But you know, once they moved to the top eight, um, they could really only accomplish two rounds because those two rounds took four mm-hmm. hours um, just to get through. So those old hymns actually had to play in the next day. So it wasn't because the old hymns took long that the uh you know the battle harden was delayed past uh, a single day so all i can say there is uh if you know you know <laughs> you know i thought about bringing that up oh, and i like i like how you did it if you know you know i think that's really where it's yeah, at at this point literally. and that's at some point i keep saying this every time it happens at some point it's got to be talked about right it's got to be talked about yeah old him's not like, the problem there's a yeah, specific almost, player. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I just like, the, every time I like, I see it, it's like, yeah, it's funny. Huh, me. But then like, I think about the player across from. So, um, and I think about it's taxing when you're going against someone who is taking so long. Um, and I don't think it should, but if you know, you know. I think we'll just cover, like leave it there um, because uh, I want to try to say a little bit positive. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but you're right. 90, <laughs> 92 players, actually. So you're off by one. But whatever. No, uh, don't forget about the one Bolton that showed up. Oh, okay. uh, oh shoot. That, that was my problem. My bad. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> uh, but the numbers reflect pretty well what we got in the top eight so it seems like people mm-hmm. know the meta understand the meta there was no like rise you know to top eight that's like took everyone by surprise we have 15 dromai players 14 lexi players 11 oldums eight azaleas eight bravos eight uzuris and six dashes so pretty good conversion rate for oldham and dash mm-hmm. everyone else obviously good to get to top eight um but yeah it's funny how the top eight heroes or the top seven heroes are the same top seven heroes we saw uh, at the top eight. So the meta is pretty solved, I think, or solved, but you know, like it's pretty understood at this point, um, which is good because going into pro tour here in a couple of weeks, you kind of want to have like your, your footing on something that you can really follow by had a Fi or a Kano, or I don't know, a Reinar went to top eight. Then, you know, the gears are grinding all over again. And you're really trying to figure out, okay, you know, am I going to have to worry? If more, is more people going to be on this new deck and all the other stuff? Nope. Everything is exactly where <laughs> it's predicted to be. Yeah, nothing all super right. oppressive. Uh, but yeah. One last, one kind of last thought here. Um, Icelander. Um, yeah, didn't see an Icelander in the top eight. I get that, you know, the, the best pilot wasn't there. Uh, <laughs> but, like, w- was Icelander even close to the top eight? It's hard to say. There's only two Icelanders in this event. Mm-hmm. Or two or four. It might two. be four, but two. Okay, so it would have been a very hard, just numbers-wise, for an Icelander to make top eight. Um, I think 
it takes a very skilled player at this point to, to pilot Icelander. But, um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if we see one. I mean, obviously, Hamilton's going to be at the Pro Tour. So it really wouldn't surprise me if we see one in top eight. It always feels like you should see, at this point, an Icelander and a Briar. Like a Briar that's just been on a heater making top eight. Tell me you know? that Briar. Yeah. <laughs> Look, Hamilton's yeah. got to come and get Icelander her quarterly points. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it's like an accounting thing for him, you know. It's just. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's his paycheck, you know. <laughs> um. And yeah. So, um. You know, that might be something more to expect, but uh, I think I think what we're seeing here is going to be pretty reflective on what we're going to see at the Pro Tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll talk about that maybe a little bit more. Um, next week, the podcast we do right before. Exciting. So, uh, all right. So let's talk about other stuff that went on this week. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of new articles came out. Uh, these are pretty big and y'all part of the woods. You know, I'm not so much of a collector, but I know both you guys like the shiny cards. <laughs> so let's Best. talk about it. It's, it was collector's week. Um, Jonathan, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it up to you. Is there a, a point that you want to talk about first? I mean, there were a lot of really good articles. Um, you know, we weren't we weren't short on any excitement this week. So mm-hmm. I think the thing that I kind of like to start with are the gold foils. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get with the 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 ten k bricks of cash that we're talking about. Here. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, so yeah, go for it. Yeah, kind of like the biggest news was that. Um, you know, we already knew that the gold foil tunics, there were 50 in print mm-hmm. um, just over the lifetime of that run, and they're not going to print anymore. But then kind of in a surprise, they added in the legendary gold foils. Um, they limited those print runs to 40 each. And then for any uh, common gold foil, they limited those to, to 100 each. I'm, I don't remember the exact number for Majestic, but it's somewhere in between, right? 60, yep. yep. Really? Wow. Yeah. That's... Yep. Oh my goodness! And those numbers are tiny. <laughs> they, they are extremely tiny. Um, just to, just in like a numbers game. I so we had a hundred people at this battle harden. Mm-hmm. We had the last calling had uh, over four hundred people, and these are just people that are showing up to this one event. I gotta imagine that there are thousands of players in the U.S. alone. You know, even more across the world. Um, when you look at the like all the players that compete uh, in any sort of sense, whether it's a pro tour or at a calling, they are shockingly very low printed. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I never thought they'd be that rare. I'll be honest. Yeah, I thought it was like two hundreds. Yeah, like not mm-hmm. well, with all the pro quests every like every other month. There was like, oh, there's there's a lot of them, no big deal, and then. Like, wow, like you would see a lot on sale, and I think mm-hmm. kind of the price was kind of it was going down, like because the, the prices you know fluctuated depending on what card it was, mm-hmm. but you yeah. saw some as low as like 200, yeah. And because of that, it kind of gave you the sense of there's a good amount out there. But now looking at the numbers, I gotta wonder, we have uh, you know, the pro tour next year will mm-hmm. have some gold foils, you know, there's all these other events that have gold foils. Even if you get, like, a no-room rope, I gotta wonder if that price goes up a little bit. Dude, like, that, that's what I'm saying, man, is, like, like the Bone Vizier and, like, that Coat of Frost, <laughs> those yeah. aren't getting laughing emojis anymore. Like, those <laughs> no. are actually, like, rare cards. Yeah. And I then Coat of Frost uh, early on. <laughs> yeah, they, they may not be super playable, but they are, they're rare, right? And that, They're rare. And yeah, well, there's a special printing, so like that does mean well, a they're, lot. They're rare in the sense that there's not a lot, I should say. Well, yeah, right. Common, but and, yeah, yeah. And like those legendaries, they were going for like some of them were going for as low as like one k, and like mm-hmm. now they're like mm-hmm. people are offering Minimum like three k for them. So it's like it's it's crazy now. Yeah. Um, like the what is it? Ghostly touch. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm pretty sure that was like one of the cheapest legendaries. Yeah, it was. Cool it form. was. And like I think it actually went. What was it under 1k? I think it was like 800 at some point, right? Probably. I I fear that that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then now that this is out, it's like, uh, yeah, whoever bought that yeah. is just so stoked. Insane. I, 
I have a, I have a quick story for this. <laughs> um, so I had a Gulfoil Heart of Ice that I won. And I went ahead and got it graded. Mm -hmm. It came back as like a, a nine. And I went ahead and sold it to a vendor. And I got 1500 plus a coal foil hard device. I felt pretty good with that trade. Um, at the time, like that was great for me. And I went to like, this was at uh, Roads and Nationals. I went to the to Worlds. I saw it in the case. It was selling it for like 1200 so yeah, I, I was like, that. yeah, so I was like, all right. So I, I kind of got him on that. Winner. I, yeah. So I'm, I'm like, yeah, all right, cool. You know, but I kind of felt a little bad. I was like, yeah, he took a loss on that one. But if he still has it, now I'm sure he can sell it for a little bit more, right? Like maybe even 1700 2000 Who knows? I don't know. I bet 2000 easy. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny how the winds change so quickly with these announcements. Oh, so like... Truly, though. Truly. I mean, and I, honestly, I just want to say that I think it's really cool mm -hmm. that we are getting this information. Um, you know, I maybe some wanted it sooner. Uh, maybe some didn't even want it at all. But I personally like that we are getting the information um, to kind of just like put it out there and say and be transparent with it. No, I agree. It makes them just feel that much more special and it'll make competing that much more like sought out. It feels like there's a relationship between like the collector mm -hmm. and the buyer when I and LSS. Yeah, I mean like I myself I'm excited that this news is out, but I I will say that there is like a little bit of a bittersweet moment here because like for me, I I'm, I'm not like the top collector by any means. Maybe some people mm -hmm. might think otherwise, but um you know, I I've got some legendary cold foils and then, you know, uh, I was able to get some of these common gold foils, but I was holding off on the legendary, uh, thinking I could wait a little bit. And like, while my common gold foils have gone up in value, um, you know, incrementally with this announcement, I don't. I fear that I may never be able to get uh, a gold foil legendary now in my collection ever. All right, all right. Here's a quick question. Quick, yeah, that's that's my question here. What do you think? Is are you sooner to win one, or are you sooner to buy one? Well, you know the answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> Win. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's yeah. what I was <laughs> No, but... Uh, uh, yeah, I've had three gold foils in my mm -hmm. in my uh, fab uh, lifetime now. And I've sold them all. And yeah, after seeing this, I was like, probably should have kept on to one of them. <laughs> Yeah, you know, hindsight always changes a little bit of information, but I think, yeah. like, given the time and all that kind of stuff, I feel like the, the deals that you made were, were good considering, and I thought mm -hmm. you actually hit the higher end of those deals as well. All of them, I think, end up working out. Um, and so, I'm, I'm honestly, I have no seller's remorse, honestly. Good. good That's good. good. Um, That's good. All right, let's move on to the print run. This was another big article. <laughs> um... I think the one of the things that I heard the most um, in the the sphere of flesh and blood mm -hmm. was um, how people didn't realize how uh, short short printed I don't, I don't know if you want to say that but crucible yeah um, well those I boxes was... have been going up like crazy the last week or two I don't know if you guys have noticed mm -hmm. that at all oh yeah yeah I've been mainly paying attention to Ark Knight Shard because uh, I sold mine <laughs> before the announcement. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, let's speak about seller's remorse. Let's uh, yeah. <laughs> let's cover that real quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! We'll give you a hug. Yeah, you know, uh, Crucible War, biggest biggest set I think as far as like uh, a low printing, and then mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. uh, the black label HP one was yeah, also was kind of like that. yeah, that's also an underprinted set. Um, outside yeah. of that, I feel like a lot of people are, you know, they're they're talking about Welcome to Wraith, they're talking about Arcane Rising, but like mm -hmm. for me, like the next best thing after those two items is Monarch First Edition. I 100% agree. There's so low numbers on that comparatively to the the sets that follow. Yeah, because everything else doubles what Monarch First Edition did, and like you know, we're still waiting on. Uh, unlimited monarch 
Unlimited Everfest, and of mm-hmm. course the ultimate mm-hmm. meme. Or yeah, yeah, Aria, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then the ultimate meme, Everfest. Like right, because yep. like, yep. of course they put this uh this asterisk, and they, they say <laughs> yet to be released. Like come on. Yep, Everfest Unlimited still potentially on the way. <laughs> yeah, so I I want to cover that. Well, actually, let's just cover it now. I do want to I do want to ask. Like, do you think that? Is it too late? Is it just a meme at this point? Is it better served be too late. as like what kindling or like fire right at this point? Is mean, that... Probably right. Like I think there's still you can still get an Everfest box for a reasonable price. You can get um, cases for two hundred bucks on Facebook all day. Right, and on top of that, like it's actually becoming like a pretty good box to get. The mm-hmm. Majestics are a very good value. The Legendaries not so much, but the Majestics are. Um, it's just like it's the the need for unlimited Everfest isn't there. I guess maybe you could wait until the need is there to release those boxes. I'm assuming they're made. If they're not, just give it up. Yeah. <laughs> just give it up. Dude, some marketing genius is like kind of thinking out in like their closeted room or whatever, and they're like, "All right, how do we get this unlimited into the streets? Do we wait 20 years and <laughs> we just sit on this product?" Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, I got I got something here. I maybe maybe I'll uh, I'm not gonna get too negative, but maybe I'll do a little beef here because um, with Monarch and Tales of Aria, mm-hmm. you had it where there was the first edition, and then um, a few months after the Unlimited would come out. Unlimited being the cheaper version, more accessible to the more casual players, or the just you know creating a um, a supply for a demand. Well, let's say you're the type that's like, I don't care about cold foils. I don't care about first editions. I just want to play the game. Mm-hmm. I'm going to wait for Everfest Unlimited to come out. Because it, you know, it was assumed it was coming out. There was like talks on it and everything. It, there's like really nothing to believe that it wouldn't come out. Yeah. Until time passed and it just wasn't coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe there's like a sense of where LSS feels like, they can't say that they're never going to take it out because they don't want to, you know, say like, oh, yeah, we messed up there or mm-hmm. something. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like yeah. LSS is pretty good about owning their own mistakes when there's a mistake, especially with the surgical issue. I feel like if they came to that conclusion, they'd make an article about it. Like heartfelt. Yeah, yeah it's just now is not the time. Uh, obviously but uh yeah it's i'm curious when that's gonna happen or like how that's gonna unfold because like that seems to be kind of like that uh that conversation that keeps on getting moved uh back it seems but Mm -hmm. uh you know kind of wanting to go back to the the monarch side of things uh just real quick Mm -hmm. definitely like the library i think maybe uh an interesting an interestingly priced uh card right now as far as a collector is concerned but um just because like i think out of all the sets it's the one that has the next best value that -hmm. people aren't moving towards yet but uh you know i think people are going for that low-hanging fruit going towards the the first three fables and i think that makes sense too right yeah i mean it's more iconic but the library is our first landmark at the same time though and as you're saying like the low and it's not low if you look at it compared to the first three sets. It's actually very high as far as the print rank first three sets. But if you compare it to Aria, Everfest, and I gotta imagine Uprising and Outsiders and even Dynasty having like around 200,000 or even 300,000 boxes out there, um, then yeah, Monarch at 125,000 is really low. Mm-hmm. And so. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of, I remember with Magic, you know, you had your Alpha and your Beta, and those prices, you know, if you got them early, you just sat on them because they just eventually went up. And it through time, Unlimited started going up because it was the next set. Mm-hmm. And then now we're, we're even seeing Revise going up, which is like, you know, Unlimited and Revise were supposed to be bad sets, but because they're old, they're starting to go up. I feel like that's where we're going to get with Monarch and then through more time, maybe even into Tales of Arda and Everfest. Yeah, I think that's another interesting point is that, like, I, I you know, we, we see the numbers uh, for uh, Tales of Aria. They're, 
not double, but they're they're getting close to that. It's like um, they're over two hundred thousand. So. Yeah, and, and I'm but I'm not even scared of those numbers. I know that there was like mm-hmm. quite a bit of fear mongering kind of earlier on when that set released about like oh these numbers are are insane. But like looking at them now, especially with Welcome to Wraith, uh, Unlimited right. kind of back into that as well. I feel really confident with the first edition numbers going into this. I, I know that Unlimited will be a bit of a struggle yet to be announced, obviously. However, mm-hmm. that was the whole point of changing Fab 2.0. So, like, I, yeah. like, I really don't think I can walk away with any of these numbers looking at it uh, from a negative perspective. If anything, all I'm looking at is the opportunity in the sets with the numbers that we have. So I think the game is strong. I think these numbers are great. And uh, yeah, I I think this is awesome. I think this is great. And these these numbers are indicative of growth, and then looks good and feels good. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, get your Crucible boxes, uh, get your Monarch First Edition boxes, <laughs> uh, and then get your History Pack boxes. Uh, okay, uh, one one little thing I actually did want to talk about is that um, the first History Pack is still in print i didn't know that i i for some reason like not the black border but just like the regular for some reason i thought that was out of print uh but still in print so that was like one thing that kind of got i was like oh okay cool oh is it oh yeah okay that makes sense though because like technically i guess all the history packs can never be out of print but i I didn't really think about it, and it didn't really occur to me. And I, I kind of just because like I stopped seeing it sold, mm-hmm. and so I was like, "Oh, it must be out of print." Um, but yeah, and H uh, and the history pack two black label is that just the Blitz decks, or is that? Uh... I I think that's the European decks. Oh, I don't know. When I think of black right. label, I'm thinking like the black border. Yeah, yeah I think. Um, Okay, that was the only other, that was the only question mark for me. Which those are so hard to get. Like the only time I've ever seen it was at like LA Battleheart, and this is like a week after it came out, and it's sometimes at the calling, but they're always sold out on the first day uh, because they're just that hard to get, mm-hmm. and people want them because that's where you get the full art foil um, heroes, which is cool. Man, those have not been on my radar. Goodness, it sounds like right. those are yeah. Yeah, if anything, if you want to talk about a jump. I imagine they gotta oh, yeah. you know, be jumping up because there's just so few boxes out there. Uh, okay, let's talk about the last piece of news. I mean, they, they came out with five articles. One's a, a flex article, mm-hmm. so if you want to go see how you can flex out your emperor, then <laughs> go read that one. <laughs> um, the other article is just talking about why to collect, and if you ever thought about like you know um, collecting in, in a this game or in any game. I think that one's a pretty good one. I think we're going to just kind of skip it because we all kind of agree with it. You know, we're all like, yeah, collect what you love. That's good. That's, that's perfect. Um, the last one that they came out with um, is the grading system, um, which I want to kind of go over because I know we got some different opinions here, mm-hmm. uh, but we also have some different backgrounds. I've only graded my, uh, like I mentioned earlier, the Heart of Ice, and that was because I plan on selling it, so I was hoping that the grade would kind of give it the extra value. Um, but now, what we have is it is every gold foil that you're going to get, so this is before I had the Heart of Ice, but now every gold foil you get is a PCG graded to be a 9-plus gold foil. Uh, it is not officially graded, but it is um, if you were sent them the card to PCG, you would expect to get a nine plus on it, mm-hmm. maybe even a 10 depending. Um, but the big question is, you know, this, this article talks about PCG a lot. It does cover just going like over basic, uh, grading cards when it, with the, why do you collect, but you know, is PCG the, the company that's basically connected to the hip with LSS. Mm-hmm. Um, is this what we, like, how, how do we feel about this? How do we feel about PCG in general? I'm going to start with you, Gay. Um, I don't know. I Don't get me wrong. It's a great grading company. Matt Rogers is a cool guy, but I can't, I think it should be its own independent company and not so tied to the hip with a trading card game because that's how biases are created and 
you know, quid pro quo, like them adding that nine plus on all the cards. I just don't, that doesn't feel real. That just feels fake. So, um, let me hear what you have to say as well, Jonathan, but I do have a retort to that. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I've got a retort to everything. I feel like I, I play all sides of the aisle on this one because I, I, <laughs> okay. I love the collecting side of things, right? I, mm-hmm. I think it's a really interesting uh, point, right? Uh, I I like PCG as a company. I think okay. uh, I think their business model is great. It seems that um, when they put these cards under scrutiny for grading, it seems that the grades that they're releasing, at least now with their revised uh, grading system, I think has been uh, proven to be a great track record. Of course, they know that uh, being tied to the hip with flesh and blood, that's going to be a challenge into you know uh, breaking into other card games, right? So mm-hmm. that's, that's that seems to better. be kind of the biggest point is that it's like. While you can get certain cards graded through PCG, I do, for myself, just uh, for grading in general, I would rather go to BGS just because, uh, you know, they're more accepted in other card games as well, mm-hmm. outside of just Flesh and Blood. However, um, there is no issue with grading a PCG card, right? I, I think uh, most people feel that uh, while there is a bit of a premium for the same exact grade in a BGS, it is not that much higher these days. So I think that that is great for pcg and um you know again like a testament to how good their business model is working um i didn't like the uh guaranteed or not guaranteed the nine plus grade that they attached the gold foils i thought that was a bit inappropriate uh however i still think the company is uh you know a nine out of ten right Mm -hmm. so i think they they have good stewardship and i think that um their testing processes and you know they they bring those forward uh and they measure those so that you know they can be scrutinized as well so i think they i think they're a good company in general but i i still lean towards bgs i honestly i think you said it all right there i mean that's kind of what i was going to relay as well is that i think when especially when the grade like when you get a gold foil nowadays like it shows it right then and there mm-hmm. like this is gonna this is nine plus and this is verified by you know pcg so it's almost like an advertisement <laughs> right right there at your goal flow. but like at the same time it's it's a uh, it's good to know that you have a good goal foil. like it's good to know that it's been under an eye to make sure it's a, a so high grade is it has it been under an eye or do they just slap that on there and call it good like does someone so they, I got go it. through one so what they did was uh, originally these gold foils were sealed in individual sleeves, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, through the producer, and yeah. then they were folded, put it into a uh, top loader, right? Mm-hmm. So what PCG mm-hmm. did was they took those out of the top loaders, um, took them oh, out okay. of their sealed cases, and then pre-graded them to you know only the nine pluses, right? Okay, so, so I guess I didn't read the article, so that might have helped. But yeah, yeah, and, and like. One of those interesting things is like while the grade is like kind of a nine plus, mm-hmm. uh, you know, cards do get damaged in in transit, so it's not necessarily a guarantee, right? It's like, hey, That's fair. you know, if 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 the card was in the condition that same condition as what we sealed it in, mm-hmm. then yes, it it would be a nine plus, right? However, um, service condition damages do happen in transit, and I, I think of the emperor that uh, came in the mail for me, you know, he was assassinated. Uh, but like, kind of like a bullet hole or something in the middle of these, uh, of one of these cards and be like, Hey, uh, it's still a nine, right? Like, <laughs> should definitely have a, a, an image of that. If you since gave an image so we can post that up on the video. Oh, unfortunately I, I, I did have to get rid of it, but, uh, yeah, it came with like the biggest gaping sure hole. We, we can seen. find it in the sneak discord. Yeah. I think sure. there, I think there might be a saved photo. So I'll, I'll search through my yeah. phone, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was sad rip, but, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think the grades and, and everything, I think it's great for the game. Uh, and I, I like seeing the collector side of things being talked about here. So I, mm-hmm. I, I think that this has been like the, one of the best weeks for like articles in general. A lot came out this week. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, I just like to say I retract my statement because I misunderstood how the grading thing went with the PCG. So, well, you know what, Gabe? Like, um, that's 
that is totally cool and all, but like I don't think you're alone in that. Mm-hmm. I think I, there is a lot of assumptions made. Yeah, I just assume um, so that. I mean, that makes a lot more sense if they individually go through the mod. I figured it was just like a sticker they throw on and. Oh right. well, well, you're not allowed to change your mind. That's yeah. <laughs> that's not this kind yes, of sir. podcast. Yes, well, I mean, I just I think it's I think it's good that you came out with that. Um, with that ignorance uh, no i'm kidding i'm kidding hey, I, um, I mean <laughs> sometimes it's bliss right yeah so but like because i think a lot of people will you know kind of assume that or kind of uh have that same kind of uh like thoughts on the, uh this company so i'm glad we could kind of talk it out and figure it out um but yeah just my closing thoughts on it is that like i i absolutely agree with you jonathan i think it's totally good in the sense of if it's a flesh and blood card, PCG is a great co- great company for it. I, I also think it's going to be hard for them to expand out of flesh and blood. Um, I know that they are trying. I saw one Twitter post with the whole like magic, the, the one. Oh, ring. yeah. Yeah. I thought it was a cool idea that they had that they were going to, you know, sponsor, uh, whoever got that card to come down to New Zealand, do a, a tour and like for like, you know, host them for two days and then get their card graded. I think that's good. You know, I think we could possibly see them grow from this. Uh, but right now it's definitely a flesh and blood thing. We'll see how it goes going forward. Um, okay. So that's what's uh, been going on. And then finally, I think the last thing that we can kind of go over because I kind of want to save all the pro tour meta talk for the the next weekend um, right beforehand. So, but let's go over what's been going on these last two weeks. And even next week we have is the skirmish season. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a couple skirmish Gabe. I know you did one. Uh, Jonathan has been your busy season. So I don't believe you had any, am I right on that? Okay. Uh, correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, you know, I, I've done a sealed into a draft. I think drafts is a great uh, format for this set. I'm quite enjoying it. Um, it. It feels heads in toes over uprising. Um, I, I think I still prefer tails. I think I'm starting to do enough drafts to kind of figure out where I rank it as far as the drafts. Uh, but I think it's very good. I, I very much like it. I think I kind of, I have it like above Monarch. Mm-hmm. Um, sealed. Not a huge fan of, I'm going to be honest. Um, it seems like Uzuri Pile or Benji. And uh, unless you just get like the God deck for Katsu. Uh, so it's a little boring in that aspect, I think. Um, but that's been my experience. Yours was a, what was your uh, skirmish? Mine, uh, it was a seal to draft. Um, okay. And mm-hmm. no, I felt underwhelmed with my sealed pool for sure. Give it, I went 4 1 into it. I just, it was an arachne, just go wide. Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't, I was either going to go that or Riptide. Like, I didn't feel strong into either suit. And I just think tempoing out a couple other decks that just floundered around got me there. But the draft felt great. Draft was sweet. <laughs> like, I was able to stay open yeah. until like pack two and just, it felt really nice. I am doing some, some big time headway or head work into, um, even get into the minute details of this draft because I find it so interesting. I find it so worthwhile. So mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of praises. I did a blitz uh, skirmish. Um, I know that they came out with a blitz article um, saying that Icelander was pretty, was, you know, having her good numbers. Um, she was pretty damn good in the last blitz. So it kind of is just transferring over. Uh, we haven't got any new heroes in our finals, we had a Uzuri versus a Briar. So okay. we had a chance to get a new hero up against some points. But we did get an old hero to get new points. Uh, do you guys know what I speak of? Uh, not, I can't think of it. Uh, oh, boy. In All blitz? Right. Yeah, I'm not. Imagine you sit across. It's the skirmish. It's oh, the freaking oh, finals. One. Yep, it's the finals. Oh. And... Let's say you're playing, let's say you're playing, I don't know, Icelander. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the finals matchup was, by the way. And you sit across, your opponent flips their hero over, and it's dad a doll. <laughs> you're like, that's silly. They only got three intellect. How are they going to win? Yeah. 
Stabazol has got her first points in Blitz. Awesome. I think I Everyone. saw that article on the fan page, that. was it? Or, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. They uh they mentioned it on the uh yeah the article yeah it's um everyone's gonna want to know that list oh yeah at this point you can sell that for gold yeah. they they haven't came out with any new list yet let me double check that but because I was like hungry for some blitz list uh, but yeah no new blitz list yet uh, but a data doll getting first you gotta imagine I'm guessing they're gonna keep this until after skirmish season but you gotta imagine that would be like one of the holy cow most clicked on links I hope you own oh, a cold cold data doll I could just think of like the game going through right it's like all right I, I'm gonna attack boost an item yeah. hit all right I'm gonna attack again boost an item hit and then just like the yeah. disbelief oh is that like... a microprocessor <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah it's just like just put I put that out yeah, I'm curious what the list is. Uh, really happy to see, uh, you know, a hero achieve, you know, some legend Levchin points. So uh, I'm sure that, that that local town was very ecstatic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. So oh, that's, that's, uh, but that's kind of all we know. Like, there hasn't been a lot of, like, graphics as far as, like, pie charts or anything like that. So I don't, we don't really have a lot to talk about. I can just talk about my own personal experiences and... You know, mm-hmm. but it's kind of all we got for right now. So hopefully, and I think they're doing that on purpose. I think they're trying to make it the most even playing field. So I don't think they're releasing deck lists, and I don't think they're releasing like, um, you know, what heroes are being mm-hmm. played and sealed or drafted the most or anything like that. I'm sure after uh, next weekend, we'll get something out there, and then we'll kind of have an idea of what happened. Uh, but yeah. Good. All right, so yeah, it's been an eventful two weeks. Uh, like I said, um, next week we'll come out with another podcast so that we can get you guys a podcast right before the Pro Tour. Uh, we'll talk about the meta and we'll really break it down. Uh, we've been, as a team sneak, we've been going over quite a bit, really planning to you know, be on par with what to expect. And we'll kind of share a little bit of that with you guys. So stay tuned for that one. Other than that, uh, is there anything else you know we haven't we missed that we want to talk about? I can't think of anything. Me. Feel pretty good. All right. Well, cool. All right. Well, thank you again, Mr. Gabe Holmstein and Jonathan Wyatt, uh, and thank you for the listeners out there. Appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll see you on the next one. Until then, keep on fabbing.